My title today is Daddy or Duty. Daddy or Duty. Look with me in Galatians chapter 4, verse number 7. This is our key scripture for today. This is really a scripture that you need to grab a hold of right up front because this is where we're headed in our message this morning. Galatians 4 and verse number 7, scripture says, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Notice that you're no longer a slave, but a son. Understand what's going on here. Paul is writing to a group of Christians. He's writing to a group of sons of God who are living like slaves. He's basically saying to these group of people, hey guys, here you are as sons of God. Here you are as children of God and you're living like a slave. And that happens even today. There are too many Christians. There are too many Christ followers. There are too many sons of God who are living like slaves. They're not enjoying the wonderful benefits of being a child of God. They are living way beneath their privileges that God has for them as a a child, as a son of God. I think about my own kids. I have three kids. Love my kids. And there's no way that I want my kids to grow up in my home and not enjoy the privileges of being a Cooper kid. There are some privileges to being my kid, just like your kids. There are some privileges that you have because they're your kids. I mean, I want my kids to grow up, and they get to enjoy the food that we provide, Tiffany and I provide. They get to enjoy a roof over their heads. There are some benefits to being our kids. They, they have access to me anytime. Not my kids can talk to me anytime they want to talk to me. Sometimes I'm actually sitting on, on in my chair in the living room and studying my sermon on my laptop, and one of my boys will hop up on my lap, and I'll stop for a minute because that's my boy. That, that, those are my kids, and I'll take some time and spend some time talking with them and loving on them because those are my kids, and they have some benefits because they're Cooper kids, and there are some of you today. You're a child of God. You're a child of the creator of the universe, and yet you're living your life like a slave. And what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to show you the difference between a slave and a son. The difference between a slave and a child of God. And I want you to ask yourself this question as I'm speaking this morning. Ask yourself, am I living my life like a slave or like a son or a child of God. Point number one is this. A slave is driven by duty. A son is driven by devotion. A slave is driven by duty. A son is driven by devotion. Look with me in Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 8 through 10. The Bible says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God's. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are, notice this, you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are, you are observing special days and months and season and years. I mean, Paul is writing to these group of Christians in Galatians and he's saying, listen guys, you are children of God, you're sons of God, and now, and now you're turning back and you're living like slaves. And there's two ways that you and I can do that today. As children of God, as sons of God, First of all, you can turn back and begin to live your old lifestyle again. Some of you are there now. You're a child of God. And yet God God has set you free from sin. And yet you're turning back and you're living like a slave. 
and you're practicing old habits and living a lifestyle of sin again, and yet you're free from that past life through Jesus Christ. And there's a second way that you can begin to be a child of God and live like a slave. And that's when you begin to turn back and tur- turn around and, and think the, that you're going to be right with God by obeying rules and regulations. You see, the, the, the slave, they think they have to earn God's approval by their good deeds, by their good works. They think they're right with God because they do good things. And as I said last week, we don't work to get saved. We don't work to stay saved. We work because we are saved. And there's a huge difference. You see, the mindset of a slave is very different from the mindset of a son. You see, the slave, this is what they actually say, the slave thinks I've got to work to get saved. The slave thinks I've got to work to stay saved. And the son, the son says this, no, I work because I am saved. The slave obeys God's commands because he has to. The son obeys God's commands because he wants to. The slave is driven by rules. The son is driven by relationship. A slave is driven by the outward. The son is driven by the inward. The the slave feels obligated to serve God. The son is motivated to to serve God. The slave is driven by duty and the son is driven by devotion. And some of you today, you're living like a slave. You're not serving God out of devotion. You're serving God out of duty. You're not serving God because of a wonderful relationship. You're serving God out of rules. And that's what God God never intended Christianity and living for him to be a bunch of rules. He intended to be a wonderful relationship with our heavenly father. Jesus said this in John chapter 14 in verse 15. He says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Jesus said, listen, I do want you to obey me, but I don't want you to do it out of duty. I want you to do it because you love me, because you do it out of devotion to me. And the the slave, the the son who begins to live like a slave, they think they're going to please the Lord only by their outward actions. But the son understands, listen, God is not so much concerned with the outward actions as he is with the motivation of the heart because you can do the right things with the wrong motives and so the attitude of the heart matters that we don't do it out of duty but we do it out of devotion and love for our heavenly father we need to live holy we need to live righteous but we do it because we love our heavenly father not as a slave out of duty out of rules and out of regulation and friends let me tell you when here's a good way for you to know if you're living like a slave or a son, you say, Pastor, how do I know? Here's how you know. If you're living like a slave, God's commands are burdensome. It's like a yoke around your neck. I mean, Christianity is no fun. It's like it's just a big heaviness around you all the time living for the Lord. The Bible says it like this in 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 2. This is love for God to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome. And friends, when you're serving God out of devotion, his commands are not burdensome. But some of you today, you're, you come to church because you have to. Oh, I got to go to church and I got to read the Bible and I got to pray and I got to live holy. And, and, and you're not excited about God and God never intended a relationship with him to be out of duty and drudgery. He never intended obeying him to be burdensome. Listen, when you're living like a son, you want to serve God. You're excited about God. How many know that Christianity ought to be exciting? How many know serving the God of the universe ought to be exciting? We ought to do it out of devotion and not out of duty. And whenever you get legalistic, you start doing it out of duty instead of out of devotion. Point number two, there's a second thing I want you to know. 
Number two is a slave is poor and a son is rich. A slave is poor and a son is rich. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 4 says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights. That's very key. Everybody say full rights. Notice that we might receive the full rights of sons because you are sons, because you are children of God. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. You see, if you're a son of God, you are rich. You're an heir. Everything the Father owns belongs to you. But it's very evident in Scripture that you can be a child of God and live like a slave. You can be a child of God and not receive the full rights of a son. You, you, you can have this slave mindset, this slave mentality, and begin to forfeit some of the privileges that are yours through Jesus Christ as his child, as his children. Here's how you and I can begin to do this. You can be a child of God and begin to live like a slave and miss out on God's best because a slave thinks they're going to have access to God's benefits. They think they're going to access God's promises and provision through their good works. They think if I'm good enough and if I, that's what they were doing there in Galatians. If I get circumcised, if I obey this law, if I obey that law, then I'll be blessed by God. And they were missing it. They were living like slaves. They were turning back to the law and the customs and outward, the circumcision of the flesh. They were missing out. And Paul says, no, 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 you're missing it. You see, a son realizes they have access to all of the father's privileges and benefits and promises only through faith in Jesus Christ. And, and because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and Paul brings it to our remembrance as children of God, the Spirit of God's living inside of us. And friends, we can receive all of God's promises and all of his benefits because we have placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ and not because of our good works. Can I submit to you today that you're a child of God, you're a son of God or a daughter of God because you've placed your faith in Christ and not because of your good works. Paul goes on to say in Galatians chapter 3 in verse number 29, he says, and now that we are Christ's, we are the true descendants of Abraham and all of God. Everybody say all. I'm going to catch this. And all of God's promises to him belong to us. Every promise that God promised Abraham belongs to you and I as children of God. And the question that I want to ask you is, does everything that God promised Abraham belong to us because of what we have done? No way. It's because that we, we, we placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary. And by, by faith, friends, it's faith that pleases God. It's faith that moves God. And friends, because of our faith in Christ, we can receive all the blessings that God blessed Abraham with. Say, Pastor, what, what did God bless Abraham with? Let me show this to you in Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country 
your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I love this. I will bless you. Listen, God wants to bless your life. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Listen, scripture says God will bless your life when you follow God by faith. God will bless your life when you follow him out of devotion and not out of duty. You see, the slave is poor, but the son is rich because the son has access to all of the promise, all the father's benefits and promises and blessings through faith in Jesus Christ. And whenever you begin to live like a slave, you'll start forfeiting some of the benefits that God has available for you because you can't access it by your good works, by circumcision of the flesh, by this law or that law. Everything you receive from your heavenly Father is by faith in Christ, by faith. And matter of fact, Paul lets the church of Galatians know this. Guys, you're missing out on some wonderful benefits, on some wonderful blessings, because you're living like a slave. And here's what Paul tells them in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 15. He says, what has happened to all your joy? Paul says, listen, you guys used to have joy. I used to see you guys and you were excited about your walk with Christ, but now you're living like a slave and you're forfeiting your joy. You're not living up to your full rights as sons of God. You're not excited about Christ. You used to have the joy of the Lord and now you don't. You, since you've become legalistic, since you've become driven by rules, since you've become a slave, you've lost your joy. You're missing out on all that God has for you. And how many of you know whenever you meet a legalistic Christian, whenever you meet a slave, a son who's living like a slave, they always look like they've been sucking on lemon juice. So you may have met some Christians like that. I mean, they're just mad about it. Bless God. I'm a Christian and I love the Lord. I'm going to kill somebody. I mean, they're always mad because they're legalistic. They've lost their joy. They're not excited about God. They're living out of the... And though joy is available to them as a Christian, they can walk in the joy of the Lord. But because they're driven by rules and, and they're driven by legalism, they're forfeiting the joy of the Lord. Listen, kindness in you, is yours and joy is yours and love is yours. I mean, the fruit of the Spirit is living inside of us. But when we, when we get driven by rules and legalism and by the flesh, we begin to forfeit the blessings that God has for us. Think about this today, church. What blessings are you forfeiting today? Because you're living like a slave. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's joy. Some of you don't have any peace in Christ. It's available to you through Jesus Christ. You're mean. You don't have any love in your heart. What blessings are you forfeiting? Because your son living like a slave. And you miss out on God's best when you do that. Point number three. There's a third difference that I want you to notice. A slave brings division. A son brings unity. Paul says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 17 through 18, those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us. Paul says, listen, what they're trying to do is bring division. They're trying to separate us so that you may be zealous for them. He's Paul says, listen, they're trying to make it us against them. Verse 18, he says, it's fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good and to be and to be so always, not just when I am with you. Paul says, listen, Galatians, Galatians church, these Judaizers, these legalistic Jews, they are zealous, but they're zealous for the wrong things. 
And it's easy for you and I to be zealous, but zealous for the wrong things. They, they were zealous about division. They were acting like and they were talking like there were multiple bodies of Christ. They were saying, hey, we are Jews and we're circumcised. And yeah, okay, those Gentiles, they placed their faith in Christ, but they're not a part of us. They're different from us. They don't look like us. They're not circumcised like us. And they were trying to say, listen, there are multiple bodies of Christ. And there was division. There was separation in the body of Christ. And I love how Paul tackles this issue head on. And Paul says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, well, this, this is one of the most profound statements in the Bible. He says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Church, isn't that awesome news? We are one in Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus, there is no Jew or there is no Greek. It's not about the circumcision of the flesh. It's not about the outward appearance. We're all one in Jesus Christ. He says, listen, there is no free or no slave in Christ. We're all one in Jesus Christ. He says, listen, there's no male or female. Ladies, don't. that's why you may feel excluded right now. But when Paul says we're sons of God, he's talking to men and women because what he's saying is, listen, we're all in Christ. We're all the family of God. We're all sons of God in Christ. There is no male or female or Jew or slave. We're just all the body of Christ. In today's society, we would say it like this. There is no white church. There is no black church. There is no brown church. We're all the church of Jesus Christ. If we placed our faith in Christ, there's one family of God. We would say it today like this. It's not about that denomination or this denomination. We're all the body of Christ. If we placed our faith in Jesus Christ, you may live in Africa, Indonesia, China, New York, Oklahoma, California. If your faith is in Jesus Christ, there's only one family of God. We're a united family of God. There's only one church of Jesus Christ. Can I get aloud amen just one and paul addresses this same issue with the church of ephesus he writes to them in ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 2 he says be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace i love what paul says there is one body that matter the color of your skin that matter your background that matter where you live there's just one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Paul says, listen, there's only one family of God and a slave tries to bring division to the family. But sons, they make every effort. They strive to do everything possible to keep unity in the family. And I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. Unity doesn't mean uniformity. Unity doesn't mean that we're all alike. I was preaching when I was a full-time evangelist in a, in a church and I was speaking there. And at the conclusion of the service, I was out in the foyer in the lobby area shaking hands. And a precious saint came up to me and they said similar words like this. They said, you know, Herbert, I love God so much, I don't even see color." I didn't even know you were black. I thought, you, listen, they ain't got nothing to do with God. You just need some new glasses, honey. I'm black. I mean, I'm a, I mean, you can't tell the difference. I mean, they, I mean, they got kind of got weird and goofy. Listen, it's okay that we're different. 
It's okay. Hey, we, we, we all like different music and different styles. I think God there's just different kinds of churches and different kinds of structure and different kinds of music. I think, I mean, we're different. It's okay to be different. Matter of fact, we won't always agree. We can agree to disagree. But as sons of God, we strive, we do everything to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And that's why Paul says, listen, as a son of God, be completely humble. We're different. We got different opinions. Be completely humble. You know what that means, be completely humble? Don't be a know-it-all. How many of you met some know-it-all Christians? Come on, how many of you sit next to a know-it-all Christian? You know what I'm talking about? They know everything about God. They know how all churches should run. I mean, this is what you should be doing. We can tell you how to do it. God bless you. I mean, they're a know-it-all. Paul says, no, you, we're different. Be completely humble. He says, be gentle. Be patient. We're dealing with different people and different backgrounds, different cultures. Be patient with one another. Bearing with one another in love because a slave divides and a son brings unity. Point number four. There's a fourth difference that I want you to notice. A slave has a master. A son has a father. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 6 through 7, Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. I love this. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. This is so key. He says he sent his spirit into our hearts. that We call him Abba, Father. Paul said the same thing to the church at Rome in Romans 8 and verse 15. He said, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship and by him we cry abba father friends when you gave your heart and your life to christ you were adopted into the family of god as a son of god as a child of god not as a slave not as a servant listen you have a relationship so close to god so close to the creator of the universe the bible says you can call god your daddy your father that is Awesome. God is my daddy. He's my father. You know, I think about my kids, my, my two boys, my, my little daughter. She's not mobile yet. She's just seven months. But my two boys, they're getting along pretty good. And, and they don't talk to me like many of you talk to me. They, they don't view me as their pastor. They don't even know me as, as pastor. They, they know I preach and they know I'm a pastor. But they, they, that's, that's not how they view me. When my Kids see me, they don't come up to me and say, Well, hello, Reverend. How are you there, Pastor Herbert? God bless you. You're doing good today, Pastor. Good to see you at the house today, Pastor Bishop. No, that's not how they talk to me. My kids, they, they know me as Daddy. When I come home, I love when I come home, and when the garage door opens, sometimes they hear the door, and they'll open the laundry room door, and they'll stand right there, and they're excited to see me, man. They're excited to see their Daddy. And what I love the best when I come home, and they don't hear me. And I open the door up and I walk inside and they and they I come in the house and my kids they just take off running at me. I mean they just come and, and my youngest when he comes and he, he loves to say he didn't shout, Hi sir, hi master, 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 master. No. When my kid sees me, he goes, I daddy, 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 oh daddy, 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 daddy. I mean he's just got I'm his daddy. I'm his father. 
He doesn't see me as a master, as a slave driver. I am his daddy. And some of you have the wrong view of God. You see God as a slave driver, as a task master. And friends, I want to tell you, if you're a child of God, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you're a son of God. He's your father. You can call him Abba Father. You can call the God of the universe your daddy. And friends, whenever we get the wrong view of God, whenever we start viewing God as a master, it will mess us up. Let me give you an example in Luke chapter 15. This is the prodigal son, and my focus is on the older brother. Many of you know this story. The youngest son went to his father, asked for the portion of his estate, his portion, and he went. And the Bible says to a distant country, he spent his portion in wild living. And the Bible says he came back home, had lost everything in sin. And the Bible says the father hugged him, loved him, threw him a huge party and forgave his son because he came back home. And the Bible picks up here, I want to pick up with the older brother in Luke 15 and verse 25. It says, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look. Notice his mentality. All these years I've been slaving for you. I mean, I'm like a slave. You're my master. I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. I mean, listen, master, I've been following your orders, your decrees, your commands. I mean, he's got the wrong view. He says, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. And I want you to hear what the father says in verse 31. He says, my son, not my slave, not my servant, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. He says, son, you have the wrong view of me. I'm not your master. I'm your father. And he says, listen, son, everything I have is yours. You just have the wrong view of me, your father. And so many people have the wrong view of father. And they're like this oldest son. They go around thinking God is a master. He's hard. When your heavenly father is a loving father, he's a daddy. He wants to take care of you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to meet all of your needs. Friends, can I tell you, we serve a good God. And some of us have a wrong view of the good God that we serve. I think back to, to my kids, and I love my kids. And I tell you, this, this just helps me understand the Father's love for me. I look at my kids, and I love them so much. I do anything for my kids. I die. I lay down my life for my kids. Words can express how much I love my kids. And the crud, the, the junk has been going through the Cooper house. That's why I'm up here sniffling a little bit today. And Wednesday night, my youngest son, we put the two kids to bed, two of the kids to bed, and we kept him up because he was sick, and... I was praying for him and praying the prayer of faith and speaking the word of God over his life. And we gave him some medicine as well and praying for him. And his temperature continued to go up from 99 to 100 and 101, 102, 103. And 
my wife ended up calling one of the physicians that attends our church to get some counsel and some wisdom. And we ended up trying to take him to bed, lay him in the bed and praying for him and put him in the bed. He just starts shaking and shivering. And man, as the father, my heart was gripped. And I thought, man, this is my little boy. And it just hurt me to see him hurting like that. And I picked him back up and laid back down with him on the, on the chair in the, in the living room and just held him. And temperature went up to 104 degrees about 10.30 at night. And my wife said, listen, I'm going to take him into the emergency room. So she got dressed quick. And where she wanted to take him closed at 11 o'clock. And so she got dressed quick and got him and take, took him. And I stayed home with the two other kids. And, man, I was concerned. I was praying. I was seeking God, asking God to touch my son. And about 20 minutes later, I called my wife because I hadn't heard anything. I said, sweetie, what's going on? She said, let me call you back. I, we're just in here now. We haven't gotten a, w- a word yet. So she called me back 15, 20 minutes later and said, hey, Herbert, Good news, the doctor said it's an upper respiratory, something or another. I can make something up if you want, but an upper respiratory, something or another. And, and uh, gave me a prescription for him. And about 30, 40 minutes later, after she got the prescription filled, my wife came home. My wife got home with, the, with Kate, and he was back to normal and excited. Daddy, daddy, daddy. He was in my lap, and it was good to see the fever breaking and him back to normal. And my wife looked at me and said, I just want you to know that that prescription costs $50. $50? Lord, oh, touch him, Jesus. Help that boy. $50. Lord, heal him, Lord. Touch him in Jesus' name. $50 for some prescriptions. But you know what? I'd do it all over again because that's my boy. And I love him. I have his best interest in mind. I care for him. And friends, if me, with my imperfections, if I have that kind of feeling towards my son, how about our Heavenly Father, who's holy, who's pure, who's righteous, who's without sin? The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. He has our best interest in mind. How much more our Heavenly Father loves us and cares for us Friends, some of you got the wrong view of God because of your upbringing. Maybe your dad walked out on you. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you were done wrong. Maybe you were let down. I want you to, that's not your heavenly father. Don't try to put that on God. God's a loving God. He cares for you. He cares about the pain, the hurt. He wants to meet your needs. He wants to provide for you. I want you to know if you're a child of God, listen, you're not a slave. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. You're a child of God. You don't dare call him master. He's your daddy. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks for